On GDC Podcast Episode 10, we have Genova Chen, co-founder of Flower and Journey Developer, That Game Company, one word, to talk about independent game development, the state of games as art, and how to make games that make you feel something. Back in a few. And we're back. This is Chris Graft, Editor-in-Chief of Gama Sutra, here with Alyssa. Hey. Uh, yeah, hello. Alyssa McAloon, News Editor and Associate Publisher at Gama Sutra. Associate. <laughs> very confident and sure of myself today. <laughs> well, hey, that's okay. It's the end of the day. and oh it's, it's Yeah, it's the end of a day in 2020. Um, you're allowed to have a little... Uh, you Good know. job, everyone. Good job, all of us. <laughs> yeah, we are doing it. So, uh, how's every? How's? I'm not even going to ask how everything's going. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I can like a personal wonderful day for me is Hitman Three was announced recently, uh, and that's it launches the same month of my birthday. So I'm like over the moon about that one. Uh, yeah. Hitman's a great game if no one's ever heard me talk about it ever. So that's pretty exciting. <laughs> yeah, what episode was it where you talked um, and it was a solid like 5 to 30 minutes about Hitman? You will have to narrow it down more than that. Um. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. I'm enthralled hearing your uh, thoughts on Hitman. So yeah, that's... Um, coming out on next-gen consoles. Oh, next-gen console. Uh, the PS5 uh, has a an image now. It exists. It's, yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, it's a con- I, it's not, not quite the box of the Xbox, but it is memorable. No, no it makes me think of um, Mark Cerny if he wore, like, a, a, a white suit with a popped collar. <laughs> it's just, like, slender, together, um... I like it. And then when, um, yeah, and when it's on its side, it just makes me think of uh, Mark Cerny uh, laying down peacefully. Um, <laughs> After a hard day's work, taking a nice, nice little After a hard day's work, um, creating uh, hyper-complicated video game consoles. I, I like how it looks. What, what do you think? Uh, I think in Gama Sutra Slack, right when it unveiled, I'm like, it kind of looks like a building out of like a cyberpunk game or like a Blade Runner. <laughs> I had just watched Blade Runner, so that's probably why. <laughs> oh, But nice. it has like yeah. a very kind of like that sleek, futuristic building in the horizon look to it. Yeah. Uh, it's that... growing on me. Yeah, yeah. I, I liked it. I, I have, I've kind of um, uh, been taking uh, social media in small doses lately. So like when it came out... Um, I didn't have anyone's feedback. I didn't get the usual, um, you know, flood of flood of um, jokes and uh, and snark about mm-hmm. it. So like, I just saw it pop up, and I was like, I like that. And then um, everyone is kind of like, we we don't. <laughs> it's I don't know the the Xbox uh, Series X was kind of divisive too. Uh, but like my my only like my only legitimate concern is like I'm looking at my entertainment center right now, which is one of those mm-hmm. IKEA I think Calyx shelves that have very square holes, yeah. and I'm like I don't know where these things are gonna fit in my like entertainment center now. Yeah, yeah, I don't I don't know either. Like the Xbox Series X looks like um, a monolith out of uh, y- you know a sci-fi movie. PS5 uh, looks like <laughs> out of Blade Runner. What are they doing? 
Oh, it'll be, yeah. it'll be good. Just have to get like a dedicated bookshelf next to your entertainment center for all your next gen consoles. You know what? I'm looking at my Xbox One. I have like a first generation Xbox One. Ooh, those are hefty. I I like it though. Like I've like I don't know. I think I just like um, electronics that are a little bit ugly. Um, it, it looks like a VCR. It looks like an old VCR. <laughs> that's comfortable. That's a good, like, nostalgic kind of, like, yeah. Yeah, it just needs, like, uh, wood paneling and, you know. That, that, that sound, instead of, like, when you press the button to turn it on, instead of the Xbox sound, it would have that, like, the, the sound of, like, the VHS tape kind of, like, winding yeah. before it ejects. <laughs> yeah. You know that's what I found out recently, and this is completely relevant. I found out that, um, uh, like, all of the audio movement in RoboCop... Like how he moves, like ooh, ooh, ooh. Um, that was just a Betamax, like winding yeah. and opening and closing and stuff. So, yeah, getting if I, real. If I ever see RoboCop, I'll keep that in mind. <laughs> yeah, and uh, any game developers who are listening right now, um, just you know, write <laughs> in and let us know if this is getting too technical for you. <laughs> oh yeah, probably other like, just taking notes. This is the meat of the podcast. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, uh, so speaking of game developers, this is the Game Developers Conference podcast. There's there's a, a few pieces of news there regarding uh, GDC Summer, which is coming up in August, right? Um, the schedule viewer is up and viewable on uh, gdconf.com. Uh, you can pop over there and kind of click through different sessions, see what's going to be interesting to you that you would like to tune in for during the digital show in August. Um, you can sort things by pass type insert things by topic and there's just a lot of really interesting stuff kind of stacked up nicely there for you already yeah so if you're thinking about it so the the show is is going to be all online it's going to have um we're going to have a special platform for um networking and interactive stuff and of course there's going to be like several channels of um of um streaming content you know that's like session-based stuff that you would get at gdc so yeah um I think it'll be fun. I'm looking forward to it. There's, um, I like how there's going to be some interactive things. Like we're going to have um, roundtables. Like there's one that is moderated by Grant uh, Grant Shankweiler, who actually was the first guest on the GDC podcast. Great guy who knows his stuff, and uh, he's going to be doing a roundtable called "Building Your Live Service Team." So uh, you can. Uh, that's only one roundtable. There's going to be a few of them. Um, you can check them out. We're going to be announcing more as time goes on. And uh, one of the new sessions that we announced also is called Changing the Game, Cultivating Female Talent in AAA Studios. And that's going to be um, headed up by Avalanche Studios' Victoria Setian. And that sounds like a great, informative time. And important. Yes. You know what? I think that um, in the interest of uh, getting to uh, the uh, really interesting stuff, uh, we should move on to our next guest. Sounds like a plan. And this month's guest is an award-winning co-founder of that game company, uh, which is known for games with emotional impact. Uh, Some of that company's games include Flow, Flower, and Journey. He's a multiple times GDC speaker and currently working on the breathtaking game Sky Children of the Light, which has over 10 million downloads on mobile. That's a lot. It's Genova Chen. Hey, Genova. Hi, how's it going? 
Not too bad. Thanks so, <laughs> so much for joining us today. Uh, well, I'm glad to be here. Uh, yeah, in yeah. this uh, Corona uh, climate, this is uh, quite fr- refreshing for me to be a part of a podcast. Uh, this is the first time I get to talk to somebody without looking at them. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of nice to like get ready for a conversation and not have to like, oh, is my hair done today? I just you can just it's fine. There's no camera. Yeah. Uh, You'll be surprised how many of us have not changed our clothes for more than three weeks. <laughs> <laughs> They're just changing uh, their Zoom backgrounds. <laughs> yeah, like there's there's the, this thing like Zoom. Like, how, how many people do you usually have on Zoom when you're when you're working right now? Is it just like twenty faces staring at you? Uh, I mean, that's that's rare. I mean, the biggest meeting we have is probably twenty three people, uh, but the whole company is around thirty five right now. Uh, we actually did a whole company event it was quite emotional to see all of us um you know like a five by five grid in two pages that's that's the company you know you can see them yeah and uh we definitely miss each other (laughs) yeah yeah i i know what you mean um and we were talking a little bit before we started recording like you said that you uh kind of uh you you might miss working from home Mm mm-hmm yeah, uh, it's in a way, I think this is, you know, like the, the, the world is forcing us to try a very different way of living. Um, and uh, I remember when, when you know, kind of stay at home order was come out, people were still making jokes about it. And uh, one of the jokes I really liked is uh, talking to an introvert, um, you know, about, about working and staying at home. Um, and that's just like my normal days, right? It's, it's almost like making it easier for, for me to not have to go to a friend's birthday party or their children's, uh, you know, one year old parties, right? Cause you know, yeah. those are the situation where I feel anxiety, but, uh, but you're, but you're into this. Yeah. Yeah. I'm actually enjoying being alone. I feel recharged. Uh, but, um, yeah. I think human beings are, are, are strange animals. You know, you just want both. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. The the constant grass is greener uh, all the time. <laughs> okay, so let's jump back to that because it almost it feels like you've been thinking about um, uh, you're a very thoughtful person and you've been thinking about um, how human beings are adjusting to this emotionally. Uh, and uh, we expect to see your uh, Zoom-based game here in the next couple of years. Um, <laughs> but um, yeah, let's let's first, uh, you know, y- you're you know prominent in the uh, like independent game development scene, uh, you know, with such these successes. Can you can you kind of give a little bit of your background in game development? Like how you know how did you gain interest in, in games, and then how did that lead to things like like Journey? Yeah, 14 years is a very long time uh, since we founded that game company. Um, But the story is actually surprisingly simple. Uh, I'm a gamer. I grew up with games. Obviously, parents hate games. They think games is a distraction for children. Um, It prevents them from pursuing what is worthwhile. Um, And as I grew up, games taught me many things. Mathematics, you know, geography, history. And uh, most importantly, games brought me friends. And games also offered me a career. So to me, game is, it's like a childhood friend that the the rest of your parents don't like, 
Yeah. What were your parents like? Uh, um, anti, you know, video games. Uh, I would I would imagine most of the Asian parents are anti things that would distract your kids from getting A's. Yeah. Well, my Filipino mom, uh, she did not like uh, video games either. <laughs> so it, it's they're just against anything that's not studied. Uh, but for quite a while, while I was growing up, I think the society was treating video games and pornography, and gambling and alcohol as the same. Uh, <laughs> uh, I would say uh, things, you know, like um, they talk about games as addiction, uh, making kids violent. I remember when I first came to America in two thousand three, uh, there was Columbine shooting. And so all the congressmen was like, games are bad influence. That's why the kids today are violent, you know, stuff like that. Um, so I never really thought about become a game developer. I made three games when I was in college because that's my hobby. But I was seriously thinking become uh, pursue a career as an animation director. Um, and I was dreamed about you know graduating from film school to go to Pixar. Um, but then the story started with one game that we made. It's called Cloud, um, and the game is based on my childhood. I had asthma. You know, I was in hospital all the time, <laughs> kind of like now. <laughs> I don't get to socialize much with my, uh, you know, classmates. I can't attend all the PE classes. So when they go to PE classes, I just sit in the classroom looking out. Um, and I was making a game um, about, you know, that childhood memory, but it's more about dreaming about how can I heal myself. Uh, and so in a game, a child goes out, he flies out of the window of the hospital, flying to the sky and imagining the clouds are into different shapes. And he could actually pull clouds together to form shape, uh, like a lollipop or, you know, a bear. Um, and then he used the clouds to uh, clash with the dark clouds, uh, which, you know, uh, then creates thunder and rain, and uh, used the rain to clean the city uh, from pollution uh, and clean the air. And, and that's it. That's that's just a very small student game. You know, it has only four levels <clears throat> with no enemy or scores. Um, and what happened is, a lot of people who played the game cried. Uh, and uh, that was 2005. You know, that's when Don Matrick from EA is still joking about, hey, hey, can video game make you cry? Did you expect people to have that kind of emotional response to something that you made? No, not at all. Um, I made the game purely for a reason to just earn some tuition because I... I, I can't afford the tuition. I need to make a way to make money. And the, the video game uh, grant uh, is a $20,000 grant. Uh, so it was like a significant amount of money for me. And the, the challenge the school set is whoever wins the grant has to make a game that is really not uh, the typical uh, status quo of what game is. So the, the school is encouraging us to push the boundary you know, to make something that's different from the mainstream. And so I was purely just trying to make something that's the opposite of Grand Theft Auto because that was like under, you know, media blast that year.
So I wanted to make something that's not violent, something that's not addicting, something that doesn't create anxiety and uh, stress. So I was looking for some game that is peaceful, that's healing, that is not about earning scores or beating bosses. Um, and I was really surprised because some of the letter was saying, please tell you know, you and everybody involved in this project that you are very beautiful people. Which, growing up, you know, at the time I was 24 years old, not a single person, including my parents, saying that I'm a beautiful person, you know. So that was a that was a very big um, shock to me. I was like, what did I just do here? That that, that created a situation like people around the world, Japan, Australia, London, you know, like everybody was telling me like, hey, you know, please uh, consider make a game company. So you can turn games like Cloud uh, into commercial games, and that way people around the world would know that game is not just about violence and competition and stress and addictions. Games can be a positive influence, and game can be art. And so that that is when, you know, I I still have student loans, right? I, I still owe a lot of money to my parents when I come to America. I would never think about starting up,、um, but people from Three, three to six different countries all gave me the same suggestion that you should start a company. You should make commercial games based on this type of game. I felt like that is God speaking to me, and so I gave up the idea of becoming an animation director. And I was thinking, if 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 God speaks to me and send all these people to tell me I should do this, maybe there is a chance.、Uh, so with that. Blissful ignorance. I, 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 and my co-founder Kelly Santiago, we go to pitch to every single、uh, publisher、uh, in the world. I think we pitched more than twenty-three publishers,、um, and we were so ignorant that when the publisher says,、uh, "This is a very interesting project. We will have our team look over it."、Um, Which basically means they they're not interested, right? So we just keep pitching without being actually demoralized.、Um, and、uh, through sheer luck of timing, <clears throat> we had、um, signed a three-game contract with Sony、um, to make、uh, Flow Flower Journey.、Uh, but the the story hasn't really changed. Every game we make, we got more letters from our players, and they say, you know, how much the game touched them. And how much the game changed their life for the better, and that just encouraged us to do more. And you know, player will say, "Can I play with this game with someone else?" We made a multiplayer game that's Journey. After we made Journey, more more and more player are writing email to us to say, "Oh, I wish I can have this experience with my family. Can you make a game where I can play with my daughter?" And that's where I create Sky. Yeah, and.、Uh... That seems to be making a connection with、uh, with a lot of people right now. Do you feel like you are、um, with each project that you take on? You're chasing that initial feeling you had with Cloud, where you know that feeling you had knowing that you made an emotional、uh, impact on someone.、Uh, I, I think Cloud was, <laughs> you know, it's a very selfish piece. It's almost like my mem memorabilia、uh, for my childhood. Um, it's not like I wanted to create that. It's I think it's more like Cloud is the first time, thanks to my、uh, you know、uh, professor Tracy Fullerton,、uh, 
Um, she just said, because originally I was going to make a game about clouds anyway, right? I'm going to make a game that's a simulator, kind of like Sims for clouds. You can, you can, you know, uh, strategically form cloud shapes and cumulimbus and all these like different terrible weathers like tornadoes and things, right? That, that's like my gamer instinct is like SimCity for clouds. But she said, "Why? Who is going to be the antagonist in your game? A uh, pro- protagonist, right?" And I was like, <clears throat> "Maybe some kind of scientist, mad scientist who can manipulate weather, or maybe a, a alien from a gas planet like Jupiter, you know, who who can actually manipulate clouds." So, so you can see, like that, there's no way I'm going to make an art game, right? If I would just、yeah. follow my instinct. And she just said, "What if the main character is a child?" <clears throat> And I was like, I never thought about that. <laughs> and then, in the process of trying to think, what would would a child do? I channeled my own childhood into the game. And I think by accident, this is the first time I'm actually trying to be.、Uh, I'm trying to be expressive. I'm trying to say something that was very intimate to myself. You know, purely by accident, and 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 that touched people. And that real that helped me to realize what that happened there is actually an artistic exchange. It's an art piece. It's the voice, an authentic voice of someone reaching out to someone else. That's when an art touched somebody. Does finding that voice get like more difficult or easier to kind of like hone in on as like you go from game to game to game, and after you've been doing this for sixteen years? I I think. It's really funny because、uh, recently I I had caught up with Austin Wintory,、uh, who did the the amazing you know Grammy nominated score for Journey,、yeah. and、uh, I I taught I talked to him because we were working on a new game pitch,、um, and、uh, he made a piece and I listened to it. I was like Austin, this sounds like very similar to Journey. Have you not grown in the past ten <laughs> years? <laughs> I said life must have been very, very different. You know, like I remember how naive and optimistic I was when I was in my twenties.、Mm-hmm. You know, and、uh, now I'm almost forty, right? Like life is much different, and I, I felt morta- mortality is really hitting me.、Um, and I, I was like, "You're about my age. Life must have been different, right?" <laughs> and you know, and then he made a complete different piece. You know. And it was completely different, right?、Mm-hmm. So even though maybe we only have one childhood, but our voice is who we are, is what we see the world. And you know, as long as we grow, the voice would grow, and then whatever we want to express changes with its time. And the most amazing artists in the history, they managed to synthesize. What they feel from the world and say something, and the, the you know the rest of the world connects. They can relate. Then that's when an art piece becomes very very、uh, you know well known. I'm I'm wondering you know you take these experiences and these emotions, and I know that the process will be different from project to project. But do you have a you know a basic framework or guidelines that you use to? You know, convert you know these emotions into something that is shaped like a video game.、Um, I think, you know, like my original hope was become a director at Pixar, right? And ultimately, you're just telling stories. 
right? And and just what kind of tool are you using? I went to film school. I thought about, oh, what if I become a live action director? And then I I realized that I I basically is not really gonna be that person because I didn't grow up in the culture,、uh, and I wouldn't be able to understand some of the nuance for the jokes or the the sensibilities. You know, is is just not there. And if I would write uh, stories uh, about an American cowboy or a football, you know, quarterback, I would definitely fail because I don't even understand the subject.、Um, and what I realized is that actually, in the realm of video games, video game is the most international medium of all media. Everybody knows Mario. Everybody knows Pac-Man. You know, everybody knows. You know who.、Uh, You know the, these like major franchises. They're not. They're not like actually rooted in a specific culture.、Um, you know, thankfully, you know the the early days, all the game company become very international. So, actually, in the in the in the world of games,、uh, my nationality and my cultural background is less of a concern.、Um, and game has always been seeking for more universal themes. Because it's a you know it's gotta work internationally, right?、Um, and、uh, so yeah, my my goal has changed over time. Even though the mission is the same, the mission of the company is to help promote video games and let the people around the world to know that the game industry, the game as a media, is not. All negative, like people thinks, and it could be positive. It could, it could be,、um, have a good influence on people's life, and it could be considered as a form of art. That that is the mission.、Um, but when I first started,、um, what we we do when I was younger is we just want to challenge the status quo. We want to make opposite of what is in the mainstream, right? We want to do the polar opposite. And to show the possibility, so like Flower is very much like a reverse destruction game. It's a creation, a healing game about environment and 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 the urban and nature.、Uh, Journey is like, you know, most of the company is making games about like killing each other. We're trying to make people actually have emotional attachment with each other. Like most of the company are forcing, fo- focusing on power fantasy because they are making games for younger teens. Power fantasy is very popular in that age group. But we were trying to create vulnerabilities so that people actually want to connect with each other, and that's kind of like the the opposite thesis. Like we want to make you feel small. We want you to feel,、uh, you know.、Uh, vo- You know, like、uh, in awe、uh, and not knowing all the answers.、Um, but after Flower and Journey,、uh, we noticed that, you know, just proving a game can touch people does not change the industry, and doesn't even change the the society's view on the on the game as much. Like I was. So happy to see our game in the Museum of Modern Art and being the first permanent collection by the Smithsonian.、Yeah. I was in Katow, you know, shaking the hands of the princess. She's like half of the world's art trade. Like I felt like I've made it in bringing video games into the gallery, into the art world. But nobody cared, you know.、Yeah. And 
I was kind of for a while I was like very disappointed. I thought that if game can be accepted by the mainstream as art, then people would respect the industry, but they didn't. And a while back, while I was talking to, while I was doing school, <clears throat> my mentor is Bing Gordon. He he was the CCO of EA. And I was asking Bing, I was like, "Where is it gonna be a time when the society is all gonna treat game just like cinema, just like literature, that is a form of art?" Bing just said, "Don't worry, these people are all gonna die. The people who don't grow up with games will die very soon. And once you grow up with game, you already automatically consider them as art form." And uh, <clears throat> I said, "Well, how many years?" <laughs> right, and I uh, I came to America 2003. At that time, people were saying the average gamer is 35 years old. So I said, well, technically, if we wait for, you know, <clears throat> 15 years, everybody will be 60 year or、uh, 50 years old, right? And that should be, you know, if the average age of gamer is 50, that should be a, a you know, like, a art form that everybody consumes. And now we're fifteen. We're seventeen years later, right? Is the average age of gamer fifty-two years old? I don't think so, right? So it's not just sitting there and waiting people to die out. We actually have to push for the content itself for the people to who's getting older to still think game is relevant. Yeah. So so it's kind of like what I've been doing is I was trying to see, you know, there are many many emotion in in game industry that is very.、Uh, Direct and primal, like fear,、uh, it works really well. Like every time we have a new media, when first people first invented cinema, they make a train run at the the camera, and people scared, they run out. It's a great marketing stunt. Like it it spread out、uh, cinema as a technology. When people made VR, they first make jump scare games, right? Because it's very easy to influence a person. But on this type of Primal emotion—they only really appeal to younger audience. If you look at horror film, right, it's mostly just young young teens. They love horror films, but as you get older, you just you know like that's not relevant to you anymore.、Um, and as we get older, we start to watch film, or we read books, or listen to music that is more sophisticated, that's more nuanced and complex. So there are two. Strong genre、uh, that is in cinema that is considered as adult、uh, fa- favored. Like one is comedy.、Uh, comedy is、uh, a cocktail of emotions, and you can't make people laugh if they only feel one thing. Usually, it's a mixture of multiple opposing feelings. That's why you laugh.、Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the other one is drama. Right? Drama is called a roller coaster of emotions. Like it's a particular arrangement. Um, and you go through ups and downs, and eventually goes through a climax, and then you have a relief, right? And and that gives you a sense of cathartic,、uh, emotional impact.、Uh, and that's what adults like to watch.、Um, and and the, the the last genre is documentary. <laughs>、uh, but the best documentary are either very good drama or very you know、uh, good comedy. Anyway, so coming back,、uh, that's what I've been focusing on with all my early games. I was trying to create art house、um, drama, you know, or like adventure drama games. 
because I feel that that's the only way I, I, I as adult can be touched、uh, and felt like there's the game is speaking to me at a level of humanity of something that I've experienced. That's kind of where Sky,、uh, you know, the, your your latest game comes in, right? Because your、um, you one of one of your motivations was so to make something that families could enjoy together, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think like video game industry is not lack of you know children friendly game, adult friendly game, man friendly game, and women friendly games, right?、Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And video game is making more money than film and music combined for eight straight years. And why are we still not getting the respect?、Mm-hmm. And so, to me, the only thing left is you know a video game that can touch all of them together.、Um, And so that's why I was set out my course on to see if I can make something like that. I wouldn't say Sky is the the Toy Story. Certainly, that would that would be way out of、uh, margin. But I think it's our first step trying to make something like that. Is that kind of mishmash something that translates well into games, or is that one of the things that film seems to have a better finger on the pulse for at this point? I mean, I'm more of a person who believes in video game is just all powerful. It's more capable than any medium. So whatever film can do, video game can do. <laughs> Anything you can do, I can do better. But in video games, yeah, exactly. I mean, game has if you if you think about every media as、uh, orchestra group, right? Like, it, let's say the the visual is、uh, the trombone, and then the violin is the music. Video game has all the players. The film has,、mm-hmm. except they have two more players.、Uh, they have interactive design, like input output, which film doesn't, and then they have sociology. Right, because a lot of multiplayer games is about how do you control the human dynamics, the human social interactions, and turn that into a performance.、Mm-hmm. So, video game is just a much bigger band than an orchestra group, and it's just up to us how we want to use them. You also mentioned a little bit earlier that you, you know you described yourself when you and Kelly were pitching to publishers. You said that you were. You know, naive,、um, and、uh, and then you talked、uh, about、um, you know wh- how when you were working with Austin on music, that you know your you you intimated that your optimism has kind of you know、uh, not as optimistic as you used to be. Right. So in Journey, there was that very、uh, beautiful sand surfing level. Right. That was my twenties. That's when I become an adult. I have. My career, I own my the direction of my life. I'm at my prime, right? Like I can work days and nights without sleep and no sickness, <laughs> right? That's the prime of life, right? But then、uh, you fall into an underground, right? Where suddenly the direction of your life is no longer what you thought it was, and you kind of get lost in the maze a little bit, and you are vulnerable. You could die. Right, and that's when people pass their prime and enter the midlife crisis to sense that you know is is this really where I'm going, right? And and then the fact that you can be vulnerable, you know, that that's really a big thing、uh, that I think changes、uh, a person's perspective of life. Like I think when I was younger, you know, like in the fir- early levels in journey. I'm completely invisible. Like there's no danger, you know. I can jump from highest place and fall on the ground and still recover.、Um, 
but I'm now at an age where I'm almost 40, right? Like my body aches, you know, scars don't heal fast enough. You know, younger generation would start, like when we started, indie was just 10 people, like 10, 10 group of people who can get their game published on the console, right? It was all much simpler. Everybody knows everybody, but now it's kind of like no country for old men. It's like a bunch of young India coming out every single day. You don't even know who these people are, right? You feel like you're out of touch of what the hell is going on. I mean, life does evolve, right? Like, but I think one thing doesn't change is the voice. And, you know, the North Star hasn't changed. The thing I want to do hasn't changed. But life just gets more painful. There's a little thing hurting here and there, you know, like employee gets older, they want to form families, you know, that they can't work like the same way we used to, right? Like we're having to deal with all kinds of little bumps that, you know, when I was younger, I just don't have, you know, <laughs> I don't have the nerve to, to sense them. But now I'm getting older, I'm like feeling all the pulls in life, responsibility, children, family, company, employees, right? And that's kind of where I'm now. So to kind of twist this a little bit, uh, that moment you mentioned in Journey where they, like vulnerability is introduced and you're in like the uh, kind of like this ruiny area and there's an enemy if I'm remembering right. Um, but like that moment really stuck with me. Uh, it's just like tonal shift. Um, but with kind of how you've changed in the past like decade since Journey came out, uh, do you think it would be, what kind of game would it be today if you had made that and you didn't have your youthful optimism to kind of introduce those earlier segments and like would it be more of the the vulnerability like what how has that changed your game development perspective yeah i think that that is why when i ask austin to make a new piece based on you know this 15 years of life mm -hmm. the new piece is much more sounded like a masterpiece <laughs> 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 I, I i think it's like you know, if you ask a teenager to paint what they think the life is, it's going to mm -hmm. be very, very colorful and romantic. I think that's what Journey is. Uh, Journey also has a little bit of sadness, but that's kind of like our imagination of sadness. But once you pass your prime and you start to get into the second half of your life, I think uh, it will be grittier. Um, you, you, you've tasted that. I think as a result, it will be even richer in flavor. Uh, mm -hmm. And if you watch those director's movie, you know, if you watch Steven Spielberg's movie from his younger age to now, you, you will see the difference. Is it something interesting to keep in mind? Now that like, I don't know, the industry's been around enough for people who start out making like heartfelt, optimistic indie games to like, age through life a bit more and how games shift as those perspectives shift, kind of like film directors, but I, don't, I haven't paid a ton of attention to it. It's just an interesting thought you just put in my head. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think, I think it's more like this. Uh, because I was lucky to went through film school and I, I saw the history of film and how the history of film went through an indie renaissance, just like what video game is going through now. Uh, a group of game developer who grew up watching film. I mean, the, the filmmakers, they grew up watching film and they've been seeing the same thing for a very long time and film was originally controlled by these big production houses and it's like the EA and Activision of today. And because it was so expensive to make one, right? And then Super 8 
film camera become popular. Every household, you know, will send this as a Christmas gift. So all these kids and teenagers are growing up with something very cheap. Anybody can make film at home now, right? Just like, you know, iOS, iTunes stores and app stores and, you know, Unity and all these free tools, right? Like it's the exact same history. And what happened is these kids who grew up with the medium end up going to the university to study this medium. And really funny when I come out of the the game school. I go to EA and people will say, "What? There's a degree for games? <laughs> Must be a joke, right?" And that's exactly what George Lucas, Steven Spielberg got. Like, what? You guys go to college to learn film? Like you're supposed to learn film here on the on set, right?、Mm-hmm. Um, but what happened is when kids study film through academic, the teachers, the pro- the professors, the They force them to think outside the box. They force them to think how to push the boundary, not just to get a job, right? And then some of these kids become successful. They create a very successful new genre, and that makes a lot of money. And that genre, either it's Alfred Hitchcock, make the thriller into a genre by itself, you know, a noir film, right? Like. It's it's the same. Some some indie hit something big like、uh, you know <laughs>、uh, Minecraft, right? That that becomes a genre, right?、Um, and if you think about all the major genre today, they all came from indie. It doesn't come from big companies. And it's just that the suc- the successful genre just become commercialized that you forgot they're indie. So we're we're running short on time. It's been a it's been a fascinating talk.、Uh, I do want to ask though,、um, to you, what does the future of artistically driven games look like to you? Well, I, I would imagine that、um, you know, like it's almost like not really a question because you can just look at how film evolved. You know, how does more art film become? Spread out, it, we're going to just follow the exact same pattern.、Um, you know, right now we are still calling indie game indie game, right? We we don't have an art house genre yet, but I think we're pretty close. I mean, Annapurna is a is a essentially a film brand, but also a game brand that you know. It's kind of like the early day United Artists label for the film industry.、Uh, all the successful indie director pull their money together to support more、uh, indie film to be developed,、um, and、uh, that's that's happening right now. So I think the art indie genre will continue expand, but then you know every so and then you know like Untitled Goose Game, you know.、Uh, You know, Minecraft. Some of these indie games hit something big and become super successful. Then many investor will want to copy, publisher want to publish game that's just like that because they know the market is there, right?、Um, and so I would imagine in the next few years there will be a lot more comedy games,、um, thanks to the title Goose Game. And on the other hand, you know what I'm trying to do is to create,、uh, you know, all age games.、Um, And I think that is also a direction some of the companies are already starting to heading towards, because we all grow up, we all play with、uh, our gamer friends, but now we all have families. You know, many of the developers like I, I'm getting sick of making the shooters. I want a game where my daughter can play with me, right?、Mm-hmm. 
Um, so I think that area would also grow a lot. Well, that's uh, that's fascinating. And and of course, uh, to wrap up here, there's there's Sky uh, that's still in development, and uh, that's going to be going to uh, to consoles here pretty soon, right? Uh, yeah, we have well we're, we're working on our Switch version of the game. Uh, we just launched on Android, so we're probably over 12 million now um, through <laughs> through the uh, the reach of these ubiquitous devices. Uh, uh, yeah, the other thing I, I forgot to mention is like, you can't, even if you have Toy Story and you put it in only the VR theaters, or uh, only the 3D theaters, um, it's not going to become Toy Story because most people won't have the device to access it. Mm -hmm. um, if you're making a game for everyone, you need to make it available for everyone. Um, and so either some mobile game will get there sooner or when one of these big companies stream games to every household, you know, one of these opportunities is going to allow one game that really reached, you know, uh, hundreds of millions of players. Mm -hmm. That's when we can say, you know, the Snow White moment happened. Well, that sounds like a great Great place to stop here. Thanks so much for taking time with us today and sharing all of your your thoughts. It's great catching up, um, especially with, you know, uh, kind of consider you one of the original uh, indies. So it, it's uh, it's great to get your perspective. So thank you. Oh, well, it's uh, it's cool. It's I'm, I'm glad you guys have me here. And, uh, you know, this is one of my most passionate subjects. So thanks for listening. That was fascinating. Yeah. That sounded sarcastic. Why did that sound sarcastic? <laughs> well, that was fascinating. It's been a long day. <laughs> <laughs> no, that that was. Um, I love catching up with uh, people who work on the more art-centric games, you know, the games mm -hmm. that have museum-like installations, art installations in museums. Uh, so, and, and also, like I said, on the you know in the interview genova like when i was coming up through game journalism he was one of the he and kelly santiago and uh that get that game company with um with flow in particular early on um it was a big deal that sony had signed them and mm -hmm. it gave legitimacy to this new kind of art game that hadn't been very prevalent yeah i think like for me it's interesting to have a conversation uh with kind of like i don't like the first quote-unquote indie game i remember mm -hmm. like playing through and like my friends i went to a college that had a game design program i know there were people there who like that was their pivotal moment playing journey is like how they landed decided this is the path they wanted to take mm -hmm. so like kind of hearing the thoughts behind this kind of like memory i had compartmentalized and just i don't know it's an, an interesting uh perspective to kind of capture yeah, and it's also interesting hearing we working around games, we know that the influence of Journey, you can't even really measure it because it just oh, yeah. yeah, it'll probably it probably it goes way beyond uh, the realm of understanding how it influenced people who are about are going to make games and the people who are making games right now. Mm -hmm. And 
uh, so it's interesting talking to Genova and I feel like he's moved on. He's, he's, he's (laughs) self-critical and like we, we touched on that a little bit, I think. Um, but I'm more optimistic about, or I'm more positive about the current state of games as art. And I think that, uh, the work of that game company has helped influence that, you know? Oh, for sure. Yeah. I think that games are being accepted, that they are being taken seriously. And it's not just because the older generation is, is dying off. Like, um, he, he said that, uh, Mm -hmm. Bing Gordon had told him before It, it, it was, um, it's more about pushing it and, and pushing the uh, the limit. I think that people are doing that all the time in game development. The difficult thing is keeping up with it, I feel yeah. like. Yeah, because a lot of it, too, with, uh, like he mentioned in the in our conversation, the accessibility of the tools, the same with how it was in the film industry, where, like, you had cameras that you could hold in one hand to cell mm-hmm. phones that you could hold in one hand, and people started making more and more and more. That same kind of accessibility hit the games industry through, like, uh, like game engines that are free or accessible and assets that are easy to get and just the sheer like volume of tutorials online which has opened up this uh, kind of lowered the barrier of accessibility for people mm-hmm. to get in and make their ideas and create games that are on more of that artistic like kind of side yeah. of things so. yeah totally Genova admitted to me like when we talked um, in February before this that he's kind of uh, you know kind of cynical and I don't know. I wouldn't categorize him as cynical. I th- I, I think that he's healthily <laughs> introspective. Uh, but I, I would just I, I I'm just saying this because I think that games as art like um, is is thriving, and I think mm-hmm. it's thriving more than um, he may realize. I think creatives have that tendency to kind of like be hard on themselves and be like, "No, I need to do more. I need to do oh, more. Absolutely. It's not enough." And yeah, yeah but yeah. yeah. I feel like we're talking behind his back. I mean, we kind of are. (laughs) Hey, Genova, in case you're listening to this. (laughs) Yeah. So, well, that's all for us for this month, don't you think? Oh, this month. Yeah, that sounds good. (laughs) This month. Oh, oh my gosh. We're like um, two two podcasts away from uh, (laughs) this all new GDC summer format. So, yeah, we should probably get back to, uh, to work. Yeah. Yeah. I guess this no, is work. I don't yeah. Know. <laughs> well, I have uh, my D&D group meets in 10 minutes. So. <laughs> oh, yeah. We definitely got to go. So, uh, <laughs> everyone, thanks for listening. Check us out on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, and eventually this will be on YouTube also. And if you like what you heard, uh, like, subscribe, rate us all them five stars. I don't know what platform you're going to be listening to us on, but uh, the uh, the feedback helps. And we'll see you next time. <laughs>